I want to team up. You and me, we should be partners. Hit me. Oh, God. I'm here to end Kick-Ass. I'm going to make him pay for what he did to my dad. There's no room for punks in suits. Just real heroes who can really kick ass. You don't have to be a badass to be a superhero. You just have to be brave. Woo! Game on! Kick-Ass 2. And welcome to Unloved Sequels, the podcast that brings you a blow-by-blow critique of Hollywood's worst-rated sequels. You know, the ones that some people think should never have been made. We're your hosts. Michael, say hello. Hello. And I'm Claire. In this episode, we're taking matters into our own hands and joining a vigilante band to bring down a motley crew of supervillains. Michael, we've stayed pretty PG-13 so far with Superhero Month, but this time we are definitely R-rated. What's the movie? Four years after the events of the first movie, Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl are back to weave us a tale of high school and vigilantes. But Big Dad is not the only thing missing from this movie, and I'm sure we're going to make a list. But unfortunately, this is Kick-Ass 2. (laughs) So Kick-Ass 2 (laughs) opened on the 14th of August 2013 in the United Kingdom and the 16th of August 2013 in the United States. It went on to make up 60.8 million against a budget of 28 million. So not too bad, it returned. And we didn't quite like drag it up. For comparison, Kick-Ass made 96 million against a budget of 30 million back in 2010. Okay. So it's, you know, it's all right. Other movies released in 2013 were Frozen, don't sing Claire. Oh, let it go. Why did you not think I would do that? <laughs> I think my me pointing out don't think probably made it worse and made you do it. Too late. Too late. It's done. Iron Man 3, Despicable Me 2, the second Hobbit movie, The Hunger Games Catching Fire, Fast and Furious 6, Monsters University, Gravity, Man of Steel, and Thor, The Dark World. Just another bad. There's a lot of sequels in that list. There's a lot of sequels. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of sequels in that this list. Was, I would say this is kind of like the time that Marvel Universe was going into full production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I felt like this is when they were like, Disney's like, we got the rights and we're going to make some money. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Let's have a sequel. We own this shit here. now. <laughs> let's slap our name on it and shove it out. Competition-wise for this movie, uh, there was nothing really around it that was opening up that would have been competition for it. It just kind of like didn't perform well on its own merit. The nearest competition was for it on the 25th of July, what was a m- roughly nearly a month before it, the Wolverine movie came out. What performed okay, made 400 million. Didn't do great. Yeah, but uh, this is a month later. Like, Yeah, so I don't think even the Wolverine movie people... would have been in. And I don't think sick. anyone would go, oh, I'm going to go and see Wolverine instead of Kick-Ass. I think if you were interested in seeing both, you'd just see both. Yeah, they're, they're designed for the same audience. Yeah. Exactly. So Rotten Tomato scores, critics sit at 32% and audience mm-hmm. sit at 57%. 
It's but quite a big difference, isn't it? I don't know what to say about this movie, Claire. I'm just like, we all go kick ass too. I just go. Yeah, this is going to be a weird episode because I kind of feel that I'm a bit meh about it as well. Meh. Meh. Yeah. Do I like the storyline? Do I like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit odd. It's a little bit odd. But Claire, do you have any behind the scenes stuff for us? Well, I yes. I weirdly, this feels like the first episode in ages that I haven't had a really juicy story to tell about production on the movie and the fact that everyone hated each other and there were loads of arguments and that's why. It was all a bit shit. Although, interestingly, this is one of the first ones we've done for a while since yeah. that the sequel has come quite soon after the movie. There's only three years between Kick-Ass yeah. and Kick-Ass 2. Three years and a lot of the movies... in release, but four years in storyline. Is it four years in story? I thought at the beginning he said three years, but I might not have been listening. I thought he said four years. I don't know. Whatever it is. I swear it's... But anyway, anyway it's, it's, it's a fairly difference. short period of time. Yeah. Um, and in the com- in comic book timeline there's basically no years it's almost a continuation but they've put in those three or four years in between the two movies partly presumably because of production and getting the green light to make the sequel and that's how long it took so the characters being teenagers have aged and I think partly to make Mindy slash hit girl a little bit older because they've her storylines are a little bit more teenage than they were in the original movie oh so let me I just brought up wikipedia sorry everyone According Good to Wikipedia, one. four years after the death of... Mark Strong. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, fair enough. Well, if Wikipedia says it, it must be true. I thought at the beginning, because he does the dialogue, doesn't he? At the beginning, a dialogue, a monologue. Yeah. He does a voiceover at the beginning of the movie, and I thought he said three years, but he might have said four, and maybe I wasn't listening. Well, I, Wikipedia's I wrong. to not listen sometimes. I'm not going to go back and watch no. this movie to uh, find out. No, wash out your mouth. Wikipedia <laughs> couldn't possibly be wrong. I'm going to go I, back and rewatch just the you, first few minutes of the movie. I'm not I, watching I, the whole I, thing again. <laughs> I am watching the whole movie just to prove one tiny little point, but I'll watch the first couple. Like, it's literally in the first couple of minutes of the movie he says it, so okay. I'll have a look. Anyway, a period of time has passed, but my point is a much smaller period of time has passed between these two movies than a lot of the sequels we've been talking about recently. Yes. And it seems to be those ones where you've got a big gap that are the ones that have loads of drama. Is the Mm -hmm. gap because of the drama? Is the drama because of the gap? I don't know. But in this movie, it all seems very straightforward and it's quite a short turnaround between the two movies. So in terms of returning cast, um, a lot of the key players are back. We've got Aaron Taylor-Johnson back as... Dave slash Kickass. I think that's his first movie credit as Aaron Taylor Johnson rather really? than Aaron Johnson. Yes, because he got married between the two movies. I think I saw on IMDb that this is his first movie credit with the double-barreled surname. Or oh, is this when he married uh, the older um, lady? Didn't he marry an older lady? Isn't his wife much older than him? I think his wife's much older than him. She is, but she's 42 and I'm 42. Well, she was 42 when they met and, and I'm 42. So we're Yeah, not but he was old. not 42, is he? No, 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 he was like 18 or something. <laughs> so, but yeah, but anyway, look, they've been married for about 10 years now and they've got kids together and they've got a very happy family as far as I can tell. So fair play to them. Love comes in all forms. Yeah. Love and is she, love. And when she dies, he's there to go to graduation. So it's win-win all round, really, isn't it? So <laughs> Harsh, harsh. Anyway, he's back. Chloe Grace Moretz is also back as Mindy slash Hit Girl. And Christopher Mintz Plass is also back as Chris slash the motherfucker. Uh, content warning on this episode, there's going to be loads of swearing because there's loads of swearing in the movie and we can't really talk about it without 
using strong words, particularly yeah. given that one of the characters is called the motherfucker. Yeah. Beyond that, we've got uh, Yancey Butler back very briefly as Mrs. D'Amico, Chris's mum. His dad is not in the movie because we see him get bazookaed out of a window in the first movie. Lovely Mark Strong. I have a tenuous connection to Mark Strong, but I think we're getting a bit over that. And he's not even in this movie, so I'm not going to go into it. Uh, Clock Duke is back <laughs> as Marty, who uh, also has an alter ego in this movie, Battle Guy. And Lindsay Fonseca is back briefly as Katie Doma. Um, she's not in the movie for very long. Um, she had scheduling conflicts with uh, TV series Nikita that she was working on. So her character is in very briefly at the beginning, purely basically to split up with Dave because they, but they get don't split in the first up. movie. They don't split up. That really pissed me off. They just have an argument in the hallway and that's the end of it. You're like, oh, okay, we're supposed to move on from this. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's basically it. She, but she thinks that he's been cheating on her with Mindy, so she has a go at him for that. He doesn't. She doesn't give him a chance to explain. Although to be fair, he doesn't really try. No. Very hard to convince her. It's all a bit weird. Um, and then she tries to su- suggest that she's been cheating on him, whether she has or not. I don't know whether she's just saying that because she's angry. Anyway, she storms off and is not seen again. But that's fine because actually, yeah. in the comic books, she she's never his girlfriend in the comic books. So oh. it's a bit of a. A departure. I haven't read the comic books, but I've done a fair bit of reading around the comic books to see where the differences and similarities are. So as things come up, I'll mention that. But yeah, she's mm-hmm. in in the comic books, Katie is never his girlfriend. Oh. He's into her, but she's never his girlfriend. So yeah, that's a bit of a weird. So she appears, she breaks up with him, sort of, and then she fucks off for the rest of the movie to go and film a TV series. We then have a few new costs. So there's two recasts in this movie. Todd, who's one of Dave's mates. Uh, was played by Evan Peters in the first movie. He had scheduling conflicts with American Horror Story, so he was recast and played by Augustus Prue, which is such a shame. Name. It's such a shame. Oh, that, that Evan Peters wasn't back. Yeah, because he had a bigger part in this one. Like yeah. he had more more of a character, and he's such a great actor and stuff. I just think that he was completely yeah. wasted in the first movie, and they. I just didn't get it. And the other recast was Marcus. Yeah, Marcus was recast. So he was played by Amari Hardwick in the first movie. I don't really know why. I've not been able to find out why he didn't come back for the second movie, but he's played by Morris Chestnut, which is another fairly good name. Morris Um, Chestnut's quite famous, though. So I think they wanted a famous, a more famous face in the role. What didn't really work for me, because the whole point of Marcus in the first film is to be the soft touch, to be the soft father figure, mm-hmm. while Nicolas Cage was the yeah. hard father figure. And then they just invented him, brought him Marcus back, but as a hard father figure. And yeah. it just didn't... I mean, like, you, you've got the kind of get out that these three years have passed and obviously he's had to change his, his style with Mindy because Big Daddy is gone. Obviously, in the first movie, he's that kind of secondary father figure. He's not her actual father figure. Um, no. And then he kind of adopts her for... The but second he, movie. So maybe he, he's had to toughen up because he's trying to stop her from being Hit Girl. Yeah, but don't forget, he also bought up Hit Girl before she went back to Big oh, Daddy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, while well, so, Big Daddy was in prison. Yeah, so like, yeah. for the first five years of her life, six years of her, her life, she had Marcus as a father figure. And then she went to go and live with Big Daddy. This is true. And now he's gone back to Marcus. So their relationship shouldn't be that turmoil because from a baby till six or seven, she was living with Marcus. That's true. That is true. It wasn't like he was a different... Anyway, you're right, though. There is a difference between... Like, Marcus is quite a different character um, in the second movie. We also have a few, quite a few, um, 
new cast coming. This is much more of an ensemble piece, I think, yes. than the first movie. The first movie was very much uh, kick-ass, hit girl, big daddy, red mist. And then yeah. everyone else was kind of around them. Whereas this, um, by design, is the, the superheroes and the supervillains have their gangs now. So obviously the cast yeah. is padded out because we've got these gangs coming in. So we've got the big uh, new casting for this movie is Jim Carrey. They brought him into this movie. They put him on the poster. Uh, he comes in as Colonel Stars and Stripes, which is a kind of composite character. In the comic books, it's Colonel Stars and Lieutenant Stripes. I'm saying Lieutenant because I'm British. I know we have a lot of American listeners who will say Lieutenant, blah. Those two characters are combined from the comic books um, to become Colonel Stripes, Colonel Stars and Stripes. Played by Jim Carrey. He's kind of the character that's kind of formed the... Um, what are they called? I was going to say Justice League. That's a whole different franchise. Oh, no. Forever are... Justice? Justice Forever. Justice Forever, that's it. Justice Forever. Whatever they call Anyway, he forms this gang of ragtag superheroes. It's a bit of a weird one because they made all this fuss about him being in the movie. They put him on the poster. He's in the movie for a grand total of about eight minutes screen time. And then after the movie, he completely denounced it anyway, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So, yeah, they might have misfired slightly by making such a big deal of Jim Carrey yeah. being in the movie. We've also got John Leguizamo coming in as Javier, who I think is brilliant in virtually everything I've seen him in. But again, he's not in the movie for very long. He gets killed off very quickly. We've got Donald Faison come in from uh, best known from Scrabs, but he's done loads of stuff anyway. He comes in as one of Clueless. the superheroes, Dr. Gravity. Oh, yeah, Clueless. Best, yes. Clueless not is best my, my generation. Clueless. But my generation. Best known Clueless. by Michael for Clueless. <laughs> best known by most people for Scrubs. Um, we've also got in a couple of, uh, I guess, probably pre fame roles, we've got Benedict Wong in as Mr. Kim, who's one of the gangsters from early on. He's the one that gets his crotch bitten by a dog. I love that we're doing two films on the bounce that involve people getting bitten in the crotch by a cool. dog. That's quite nice. Yeah. And we've also got Daniel Kaluuya come in as playing Black Death in this movie, pre-fame there. Directed by Jeff Wadlow, who um, doesn't really have any big movie credits before or since this movie. Um, he also did the why. screenplay for this. Well, So the comic books are written by Mark Miller and John S. Romita Jr. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, for the screenplay for this movie is Jeff Wadlow, who directed as well. The yeah. original movie screenplay was Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughan, who worked together a lot. Yeah. They've done Stardust together. They did Kingsman, The Secret Service, X-Men First Class. They both did the screenplay on those and loads of other movies as well. Yes. Jane Goldman, I didn't realise till I was looking up for this, Jonathan did the screenplay Moss. for the new Little Mermaid movie. Oh, she's married to Jonathan Ross, isn't she? So that's something to look for. She is married to Jonathan Ross, yes. The original movie of Kick-Ass was yeah. directed by Matthew Vaughan as well. That's quite a common setup. So he works with Jen Goldman on the script and he also directs the movie. So yeah. all those movies I just mentioned, Stardust, Kingsman, uh, Secret Service, X-Men First Class, he directed. He also directed Kingsman, The Golden Circle and The King's Man, which Jen yeah. Goldman didn't write on, but he did stay on to direct those two yeah. sequels. I don't really know why Matthew Vaughan didn't stay on to direct Kick-Ass 2. Uh, potentially he was working on Kingsman by then. Kingsman came out in 2014. Okay. So it could be that he was already starting to think about that. But he did stay on as producer for Kick-Ass 2. He chose Wadlow as the director. And he did it because, so prior to, to getting this gig, he had done um, 
kind of two feature movies. He'd done a slasher flick called Cry Wolf and oh, a, a high that. school fight club drama called Never Back Down. Neither of which were particularly well received, but Never Back Down did quite well financially. And uh, it's quite there's quite a lot of violence in it, which I think is one of the reasons why Matthew Vaughan chose Wadlow to direct this film to carry on because this is ultra violent in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of how he ended up getting the gig taking over for Matthew Vaughan. Weirdly, in 2011, Matthew Vaughan wasn't really that into the idea of doing a sequel. He did an interview with Bleeding Cool and said um, that he was a bit unsure. And like commercially, he realised it would make sense to do the sequel. The business part of mm -hmm. him was wanting to make the sequel. But he said, everything that made Kick-Ass original and fun, if you do it again, it would be crass, which I think is true. Well, that's and what I happened. think we now see that. <laughs> that's kind of what happened. But then obviously by the following year, um, Jane Goldman did an interview and said, yeah, we're, I don't think he's he's keen on writing it. I'm not going to be writing it. Um, he might not direct, but he's kind of playing with the idea. He's talking to someone who I guess maybe was Jeff Wadlow. And so then the movie came to fruition. As I said earlier, Jim Carrey quite famously refused to participate in promotion for the movie um, because between the movie being made and the movie being released the the mass shooting at sandy hook took place in late 2012 mm. um and on against the backdrop of that he found the ultra violence in the movie quite distasteful and so he kind of distanced himself from the movie he basically denounced the movie completely refused to take part in any publicity for it which i think kind of might have backfired a bit because him refusing to do the publicity got so much publicity yeah. that that it it kind of created a buzz for the movie that maybe wouldn't have been there if that hadn't been the case. I completely understand why he would choose to do that, but it... <laughs> it's a bit weird because like, if there was actual gun violence within the high school within the film, then I would understand. But none of that actual ultraviolet yeah. takes place inside the high school grounds. So no, and also his character is not that violent. He's one of the least. He, he's he. There's hand to hand combat from him, but quite famously, he he never uses a loaded gun in the no. movie. He he brandishes a gun a couple of times, and both times it transpires that the gun is empty. Yeah. So it, yeah. Anyway, that's what happened. As I also mentioned, so uh, Katie Domer is a much reduced role in the sequel from in the first movie because of the scheduling conflicts for the actor. However, in the books, the character role, the character's function is completely different anyway. She, they're never a couple, her and, and Dave. She's awful to him in the comic book. So in the first volume of the comic book, which is what the first movie is based on, he's into her, but she is not into him. She has her boyfriend beat him up. She sends him uh, a video of her giving her boyfriend a blowjob. It, she's horrible to him um, and he's still hung up on her because I guess God, teenage boys are a bit dumb sometimes like that so they're never a couple but also Kick-Ass is never in a relationship with Night Bitch in the books because he's still hung up on Katie Doma so uh, why they felt the need in both books to give him because the geeky a romantic boys, relationship because the geeky boys who watch this movie <laughs> they want to see other geeks getting it on with hot girls they want to see other yeah. geeky boys and Aaron Taylor in this is not, he's not very geeky. Like he spent the last three years between these movies at the freaking gym. Like he's ripped in this film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, like, let's go. It's just that whole Hollywood. Let's give him curly hair and some glasses and he'll be hideous. Kind of. Um, then he'll be a nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. 
because he's so matured in between these two movies, probably to get yeah. more movie role, that it just mm-hmm. doesn't work very well in that kind of concept of him being kind of like undesirable. Suddenly he, he's got the hot girl in school. What in the first one's kind of like relatable. In the second one, he's like, he's got the hot girl on the team, you know, and it's, it's just completely irrelevant to the story. I was a bit kind of like, oh, here they it go. Is. They're it's- fucking in a stall again. That's great entertainment for teenage boys. You know. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there because obviously I'm watching it as a middle-aged woman um, and I don't <laughs> see the... I, I've reached the point in my life that I'm like, why is there a romantic storyline in this movie? If it's not a rom-com, <laughs> there doesn't need to be a romantic storyline. Yeah. Which is one of the things that I really don't like. I'm skipping through to what I don't like about the movie because it feels like a natural moment to bring it up. Yep. The big thing that I don't like about this movie is Mindy's whole sexual awakening... Ooh. coming of age storyline the thing with her watching union j and suddenly hormones are surging and she's never thought about boys like that before and to the point that by the end of the movie she sees dave with his shirt off and has a little moment and i'm like no 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 that's not okay that's complete it it felt to me and their kiss at the end felt to me like mm. um when ray and ben solo kiss as well yes. that like that was a th- I, that made me really irrationally angry and this in kick-ass it's like there is no need this is not their relationship yeah two people can have a relationship what isn't sexual that is not romantic and it can be a super close relationship and yeah. they can be of compatible gender and sexual orientation mm-hmm. a straight guy and a straight girl sorry to blow up the whole harry met sally thing but a straight guy and a straight girl can have a close relationship without it being sexual and it particularly in this kind of movie it just felt really uncomfortable because their relationship to me had always been like siblings well so that's the whole problem it kind of like within a movie world you could if you're going to have that relationship you need the cute meat so people understand where the attraction come from you can't have a boy that's like four years older than the girl and then she's really small and petite in the first movie and she's very young and then suddenly in this movie, she's like, she's like hitting puberty or going through puberty. So there yeah. you've got like suddenly. But even then, she's still only 15. Yeah, I know. It's like, still... She's only 15. That's not okay. And to be fair, she instigates the kiss. He doesn't instigate any no. of any kind of uh, sexual anything between the two of them. And I'm not sure that she, I'm not sure she kisses him because she particularly fancies him either. I think it's just that thing of having to have her first kiss. Yeah. Um, and so she chooses it to be him. But at the same time, like, it, that's not, that's not Hit Girl. No. Hit Girl's sexuality well, is not relevant. It's not is, a thing. I don't. The whole Hit Girl stuff didn't really bother me that much. But my, my issue with it was it, it shouldn't have been in this movie. Say in my world imagination, if there was a movie in between these two movies that consisted of maybe Hit Girl versus High School. And that whole chunk of that mm. movie was its own separate entity of her finding her feet from a kid that was homeschooled with Big Daddy to going to yeah. high school and had the whole mean girl thing that felt so shoehorned into this movie that didn't yeah. need to be didn't even go with the storyline. If that had its own entity and Kickass was a background character for that and he just popped up in one or two seats. But the main focus of the movie was Hit Girl being at high school and finding her feet and finding her first boyfriend and stuff. That would have been fine as its own entity, as a female-led superhero movie that would have worked for young girls. But it didn't work in this movie. 
I didn't it didn't bother me that it was there. I just wanted either more of it and that to be the central storyline of the movie, or for it to just fuck off and go away. Yeah, well, I'm kind of with the second for that. But yeah, I completely see your point. It it didn't work in the context of this movie. Interestingly, you say about it might have worked as a separate movie. So the, the second movie is based on the second and third volumes of the comic yeah. books, which I'm I'm a bit confused about timelines for. It's a little bit Halloween in terms of timelines. That's um, your favourite thing now, with, when, when timelines are confusing. Anything that melts my brain <laughs> is like the Halloween timelines. Mm-hmm. Um this is less confusing than Halloween, though. Yeah. So volume three, I think, if I've read right, was released before volume two. Volume right. three is is uh, Hit Girl's story. Right. And then volume two is the kick-ass sequel story. Yeah. And those two books have been combined into this movie. So I do wonder if actually it's exactly as you said, that it was written as two separate stories. And they've merged and. Them. Maybe they thought, well, no one wants to watch a whole movie of Kick-Ass. Because the thing is, what you said is absolutely true. It would have been a really good movie for female superhero fans to watch. But movie producers give zero fucks about female superhero fans. That's true. It's very Is my experience. You know, if the women want to watch it as well, that's fine. But the superhero movies are made for guys to watch. Yeah. Um, So making one that is female-led... I think probably wouldn't seem viable to a studio. I don't even know whether it would be vi- whether it actually would be viable. I don't know whether it would do well at the box office. Birds of Prey has proven that it won't work, but fanboys didn't like it, and are not enough girls yeah. go and watch superhero movies without their boyfriends. Yeah, so, so I think that's probably mm. why they didn't make it as a separate movie yeah. there was talk at one point not that long ago actually i think about making a hit girl movie yeah. um but i'm not sure whether that's actually going to come to fruition because chloe grace moretz is wasted in this movie she's wasted yes she's i so i've got her on my list of things i like about this movie yeah um but included in that note is the kind of the caveat that she is completely wasted in this movie. She's a very mm. talented actress. Um, Hit Girl is a brilliant character. She was fantastic in the first movie. And I feel like she's been so diluted as a character in this movie that then it doesn't give the actor anything to, no, to no, do. No, I agree. She has a couple of brilliant moments. I loved her um, her cheerlead audition scene. I didn't love, like that whole storyline I didn't love. But but accepting that it exists, I liked that scene as part of that storyline. I liked her. I mean, I like her action sequences when she's on the, the top of the van after um, Kickass has been kidnapped towards the end. I liked her little scene with Mother Russia, her bitch fight with Mother Russia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that she was very good, but I think she she's wasted in the yeah. movie. They didn't make enough. But I guess because her storyline was very, um, she's not being hit girl. Yeah. But then she's not being hit girl. She doesn't need to be in the movie, surely. I, that's um, that, that whole storyline of her being at high school. I just didn't get even the Union J stuff. I didn't get because they weren't even a big boy band at the time. And it dated the movie quite a lot. Though I have. Been, I wondered about that. that Union, Go on. Union J are actually celebrating their 10th anniversary this year. So Jesus, they, um, so yeah, they celebrate the tenth anniversary. They're actually they actually toured in the summer with Christine Aguilera. So who knew they're still working? <laughs> I was like, oh, good for them. Fair play, well done, Union J. But um, 
I don't know. Were they were they from a boy band group in like, like a reality TV show? Or they just came out of nowhere. I don't they, know. Were they X Factor? Or, I don't know. I'm not no, sure. I, I care. But you know, fair play. They're doing well. Enjoy your lives, boys, because you're doing well. They well just, it just nothing paid off. Nothing paid off within those things. And the whole yes. Like, and the thing. This was, is the thing. It's like you're putting all that stuff there, and it it yeah. The big thing for me, I think, is because we've lost Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughan. Yeah. I think that's where this movie suffers because it really you can see it's trying to i thought the free the cgi shit was the uh breaking point of what we were the downfall of this movie i was just like oh there it is cgi shit i've seen it all now this movie is cgi (laughs) shit they didn't cgi the vomit they just cgi the shit what really confused me like it was an afterthought because she was vomiting and then i was like Oh, oh no, no, she's shitting as well. But it's oh no, 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 yeah, we're getting that as well. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, God knows, God knows. Um, but the thing, the thing is exactly what Matthew Vaughan said in that quote that I read earlier that it it trying to replicate what you had in the first movie, and we've yeah. seen this with uh, a lot of his movies. The whole thing with Matthew Vaughan movies is that they are fresh and they're yeah. original, and they put a new take on the genre. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at Stardust, you look at this, uh, Kick-Ass, the first movie, you look at uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service, so the first of that trilogy. Yeah. They they take a genre that already exists. You've got your fantasy, you've got your comic book, you've got your spy movie. Yeah. But he does something so different with it that it feels like almost like a new genre. Yeah. And then when they come back for the sequel, which they didn't do with Stardust, but they have with this with a different director, they did with Kingsman with the same director, but with different writers, it can't match the original no. because it's been done. The but thing that Kingsman was great about it is a... that it hadn't been done. But the thing is, like, Kingsman's just a wise tale of what's going on with this movie as well because Matthew Vaughan has constantly been involved in Kingsman. What is a different story? Mm. And it still hasn't worked. Like the whole storyline of kidnapping out on John and Kingsman too, I was like, "What the hell's going on in this movie?" I just don't understand it. <laughs> and then when they they were like, "Oh, that doesn't work. Let's make a prequel." No, because you've lost the humor. Because the idea is that this is Cockney, common tracky boy, yeah. South Londoner. Yeah. You've got rid of that aspect of it. Isn't um, Aaron Taylor Smith in the prequel to Kingsman as well? Isn't he? he Aaron a bit uh, Taylor Johnson. Isn't he in that? Isn't he the guy that's on the on the front field and gets sent back? Oh, in the Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, oh no, you're right. He is in. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's in the Kingsman. Archie Reed. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's the guy that the son sends back from the front line, and then at the yes, end of it, he becomes right. one of the first members of the Kingsman's table. Yes, you're absolutely right. It is him. Yeah, I I just think this film. Everything that was great about Kick-Ass... I mean, the thing is, I don't mind this film, actually. I don't mind it. It's not a bad film. Yeah. It's just not great, and it's not as good as the first one. Was it? And it's... it. I don't know. It just feels a little bit like... Meh. They've, it feels like they've pushed, they've pushed the violence further, I think, in this movie. Yeah, I agree. But somehow, in every other way, it's it's a bit diluted... It's lost a bit of something. I don't know if it's because um, it doesn't it doesn't follow the, the the source material as closely, I think, as the first movie did. Not that the first was word for word, because as yeah. I've said, there were differences in terms of um, character development, Kick-Ass's relationship with Katie, and yada yada. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I don't know whether it's that because the 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 source material really did push the ultraviolence even further in in the two comic book volumes that make up the basis for this movie the motherfucker rapes katie because obviously she has a more prominent story in in she's she's in the stories much more than she's in the movie he rapes katie prior to raping katie he murders a load of children in cold blood and he kills stars and stripes i don't know which one it is that owns the dog in the books because it's yeah. two characters whereas it's one in the movie but the dog he he kills the dog none of those things happen in this movie and they actually kind of lampshade it the the child killing is gone lovely yeah. i'm good with that the rape they they kind of transplant it over to to night bitch but then they subvert it because he can't get an erection so he can't rape her yeah um and then there's a they they one of his gang say to him i can't remember which one it is says something about should we kill the dog and he says no even i'm not that evil so they've they've toned down some of the ultra violence from the comic books into the movie which i'm good with i have mm-hmm. no problem with that but equally i do wonder if those departures from the comic books is what's diluted the movie a bit or is it just that it's got a different writing directing team i don't know or is it just that we've seen it before now because well, the thing is, the, so well, the thing is, the humor for me doesn't work a second time around because the idea of a satire, mm. um, being doing a satire of comic book movie is original idea, and this is an original idea, and they're, and they're not even if they went back and lent on taking the piss out of the first Kickass movie to make a satire upon a satire and kind of like make it more humorous. Yeah, they didn't. They just tried to redo the same formula, and even the storyline for this film, like I could understand, like you said when you said to me just now that they released the comic book this is volume three before volume two because that would mm. make sense because if this this is the same storyline for volume two then it's too similar too soon the actual what's yeah. going on it it's too it's too similar it doesn't make any sense to me like i'm not saying i dislike this storyline i'm not saying i dislike this movie but it was too much like the original too quickly yes. like say for instance yes. in kick-ass 2 they went down the same thing, but having a different baddie and not repeating the same thing. And then two movies down the line, then brought in Motherfucker. Then to me, that would mm. make more sense. It's just too much like the same connection of a storyline without much vast difference. But saying that, I really enjoyed Mother Russia quite. Like, like I would think if, like, yeah. if, if he, she was the main baddie in this movie, I think that I would have had a more fun with it i just felt like he just annoyed the motherfucker just annoyed the fuck out of me on during this movie i was just (laughs) well i think that's deliberate because the the whole point of motherfucker is that he is a shit villain he's an absolute waste of brain cells that boy and yeah he's got money and no sense and so he needs the team around him but then i suppose the thing that that's highlighting is that actually in a lot of superhero movies that is the case and that the supervillain himself is is bankrolling Yep. He's not even always the brains behind it all. He's bankrolling it. Differences in this movie, the motherfucker is trying to be the front man and trying to be the leader of this group of villains. It was just because that's all he is. He's just a he's a brat, isn't he? And he never grew out of being because I guess he's supposed to be a similar age to Kickass. Well, that's the whole thing. I thought they were in the same school year because at the beginning of the first one, then he's in the comic books, and he's like, "Oh, let's." I be thought that. Him. But you never see them at school. You never see um, Chris D'Amico at school, do you? No. I had always assumed that they were like classmates and didn't realise that they were. Didn't you see him being? Because again, in the comic books, 
I thought the first, first one, I, one. Yeah, I think he gets dropped off at school by his dad at one point. I don't recall. I don't recall. But the the I'm guessing they're around. I mean, the actors are around a similar age, and and yeah. so I'm guessing. Well, no, we we do do know because in the first movie he says, uh, "I'm going to be 18 in something like eight or nine, like quite a long time." He yeah. tries to pull that I'm nearly 18 card, but actually he's no, he just turned 17. Yeah. So I guess in this movie, he's 21. So he must be a little bit older than Kick-Ass because Kick-Ass is still in high school. And if three or four years have passed, then Chris D'Amico is going to be 2021. 20, but again, in the comic books, I think they know each other better because they know by the end of the first book, I think they know each other's identities. Oh, okay. um, whereas in this, in this movie, they don't find out each other's real identities until quite late for either of them until quite late in the movie yeah yeah it's just a bit Meh. a bit scrappy a bit like i don't mind it it's not a bad movie i just think it's not it doesn't fulfill the potential of the of the prequel and i don't think it can yeah because i think it is it is that thing of the the first movie was so different so original and then you either have to go completely separate from it and do something really different for the sequel which is a risk because people going to see a movie on the basis of having liked the first one if the second one is too different might not like it yeah but if you try and replicate something that's where its success was based on its originality it's not going to work because it's not original and i think that's where this movie fell down so on that on that note how many or what should we do this week cgi shit <laughs> how many piles of cgi shit would you give this movie well this is another one where i bitched about the movie for the whole episode and then give it a much higher score than you think i'm going to because i'm gonna score it oh can i predict can i predict please let me predict oh, God. go okay. on i know what you're gonna say and you're gonna be bloody right go I'm, on i'm going to i'm looking into claire's dark dark soul and I'm seeing... <laughs> I thought you were going to say my, my dark, dark eyes. I thought you were going to be really romantic then. No, my dark, <laughs> dark soul. My cold heart. I don't be romantic with you. I'm going to say three piles of shit. Three piles of CGI shit. Yeah. That's what I thought. You hit the turd on the head. Three, three piles of shit. It's 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 slightly better than Blah, but only slightly. Yeah, like, well, that's just above the audience went to tomato score. Yeah, I'm kind of knocking around with the audience. I think I do think 32% from the critic, it makes sense because the critics are, by definition, looking at Brutal. it through a more critical <laughs> eye. Uh, yeah. Well, no, because they're, they're, they're looking at it through, with analysis in mind rather than just enjoyment. Yeah. The audience score is based on whether people enjoyed the movie or not. Yes. And that's kind of where I'm coming from with my three out of five. Mm. I don't mind watching it. I didn't tell you the thing that, that I found watching it. I sat down with my, I've got uh, four notes that I made while I was watching the movie. One one is Benedict Wong's in the movie when I realised it was him. One is about the the bad guy getting bitten in the balls, Benedict Wong, in fact, getting bitten in the balls by a dog. Yeah. Um, the first two notes I've written, one was about five, ten minutes into the movie. I'm not sure I've seen this movie before. I was so sure when yeah, I sat you down said to watch that this to movie me when you, when we that I had seen this, that I'd seen it before. It was me that suggested it. Yeah. I was so sure I'd seen it. I sat down to watch it and about 10 minutes in, I wrote in my notes, I don't think I've seen this movie. And then about 10 minutes later, I wrote, oh no, I have. It's just really forgettable. Yes. 
is the thing. It just doesn't, it it sits so far in the shadow of the first movie. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. I, I can quite happily watch it. I'd, I'd watch it again sometime. If yeah. I was with a friend, they said to watch Kick-Ass 2. If it was on TV and I channel hopped to it, I would quite happily sit and watch it and I would enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. But it's not as good as the first movie. It's not a great sequel. Yeah, no, I agree. And so much of it, and actually the bits that I've forgotten is that whole Mindy storyline. Not so much the Hit Girl stuff. The Hit Girl stuff I remembered, but the Mindy storyline yeah. is what I completely, all the stuff at the high school, I was just like, I've not seen the end. I don't remember any of this. I just about remembered the shit stick scene with the Mean Girls, but mm. only when the shit stick came out. Yeah. Um, the rest of it is so blah that, it, yeah, it's three three CGI shits out of five me what about you so i have seen this movie before and i've seen the first movie before but i there weren't i love comic book movies and these weren't ones that i revisited after seeing them originally and Mm. i sat down and watched kick-ass actually watched it on a flying home back to england a couple weeks ago and i was like oh my god this film is so good so yeah, I remember movie. you texting me afterwards saying, oh, I'd forgotten how much I like this movie. It's so good and it's so original and it's really, I really enjoyed it. And then I sat down and watched the second one and I was just like, what the hell is this film? I didn't laugh at it at all. <laughs> it was a car kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, when you're, you're like trying yeah. to force yourself to laugh. I'm like, uh-huh. mm. Um. I was annoyed that Evan Peters wasn't in it because I thought he was great in the first one. He told me I put the first one on, I forgot he was in it. I was like, oh my God, Evan Peters, that's amazing. And then when, when I yeah. pressed play on the second one, I was like, they've recast him. And then they realized they recast Marcus. One of the first notes I made was like, what's with these shitty recastings? I don't know. Like, is it a bad, is it the worst superhero movie I've ever seen? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> is it as is it a step down from the original? A hundred percent. Like it's lost its mm. heart and soul. Like, like, and it's just a massive tease. Like you've got Nicolas Cage doing a voiceover. And I was like, Oh, there might be a flashback scene. No, no flashback scene with Nicolas. Cage. Yeah. This movie misses Nicolas Cage. And then they replace him with Jim Carrey and do nothing with him. Now I know Claire doesn't like yeah. his buffoonery, but if you employ Jim Carrey, <laughs> no, but I do like his acting. Yes, I know you I like, like him as an actor. Yeah, I know you do. But there's lots actor. they could have but done with you, him. Yeah, but if you're going to put Jim Carrey in a comic book movie, you expect some kind of yeah. buffoonery. People are going to, but if you put him on the poster. Maybe he's too old for buffoonery now. No, he's an Eggman in Sonic. That's like yeah, buffoonery yeah. At, at 110%. That's my buffoon I've ever seen him. Um, I don't know. For me, it's two piles of CGI shit. You know, I was a bit kind of like, at the end of it, I was just like, uh, okay. I could, and I'm the opposite. I could have watched a whole movie of the whole Mindy storyline. I actually really like that stuff. I like the ironicness mm. of her getting her first kind of like butterfly feeling watching uh, Uni and Jay. I like the Mean Girl effect. It reminded me of like a teen comedy. It was like Mean Girls with a superhero. I like the bit where she got the shit stick out and started zapping them. <laughs> that You know, that was great. I really like... I really kind of like, I liked it. I just didn't like the way they they sexualized her. That made me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, agreed. You know, she didn't need to walk in at the end dressed up like a like a bimbo and go, oh, I can look sexy too with makeup and a nice dress. And you're just a bit like, why she didn't need to even do that? She could have just shit stick them and had done with it. 
just go there with a the, with the pair of dungarees on and shit stick them. That's what I say, you know, whatever. So that's Kick-Ass 2 for you. Listeners, tell us what you thought of the movie. You can leave us a comment. You can email us on unlovesequels at gmail.com and you can find us on all the socials at unlovesequels. So it's goodbye from me, Michael. And from me, Claire. Take care, guys. You get away from me. Please, you win. I don't want to win. I just want to make the world a better place. Yeah.